Love, Words, and Poetry, Episode 10, August 6th, 2023. There has been a longer gap than usual between episodes of this podcast due to the fact that a week and a half ago I fell and broke a rib, which necessitated two separate trips to the emergency department, an x-ray and a CT scan. I am recovering much more slowly than I would have expected or hoped, but today, in order to celebrate my birthday on the Feast of the Transfiguration, my word of the year mentioned in the first episode of this podcast, my son drove me to church and carried my French horn and approximately 25 pounds of music books for me so I could play with the choir. My second daughter and her children came over for the day, and we celebrated with eggs benedict, mimosas, orange juice for the children, baked brie, shrimp, and tuxedo cake. And I have now settled down to record episode 10 for all those of you who have been eagerly awaiting it. The first poem was published in Christian Century in the February 1st to 8th, 1995 edition. Landscaping. Lucifer, you come with pen of fire to quarantine the trees of paradise and mark them naked with our sin. Now Adam bruises Eve and she is sly to give the wide world to the sons of Cain. Her garden won't be one again. Briars snake across furrowed rows as green husks smile and spill their golden teeth in a chaos of weeds. Corn silk weeps upon sullen stones ebbing from a desolate plateau beached amid the wreckage of the fields. The solitary hill commands men who toil with splintered hands, but in the axe-carved wood, a red sap runs. The word for today, which will appear in the closing poem, is Ararat, from the story of Noah and his family and the creatures of the earth preserved in the ark from the great flood in Genesis in the Bible. Genesis chapter 8 verse 3 says, Gradually the waters receded from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters had so diminished that in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Today's love letters reveal that by sharing vulnerable and risky feelings, our love can reach a deeper level. In my letter... I wrote, I have to turn the page back here. Dearest Wes, I had a lot of different feelings reading your encounter with yourself about being in control, knowing about everything. I felt, yes, that's really true. He's like that. And it's always made me feel proud of you. One of the things that first attracted me to you was your knowledge of just about everything. Though occasionally lately I have felt squelched, even angry, that you would dominate conversations seemingly at my expense. I don't know if I ever really was able to express 
how really, really hurt, upset, and angry I was when Ray Linet was here for dinner, and I lost the one real chance I had to talk about writing as a very personal activity with someone else who is coming from a similar outlook. How many real writers have I ever had a chance to talk with on a one-to-one basis? Because you were so involved in talking about the church. I felt guilty and selfish for wanting to talk about my own thing, yet in my heart I knew I didn't want to talk to impress Ray, but just to get to understand a little more about what it means to be a writer. I also felt confused and a little worried about my reaction to your feeling that people at work perceived you as unreliable. Sometimes I feel you are so steady and reliable that I am surprised when you do anything out of the ordinary schedule or plan. I know that's one of the areas that bothers you the most, so I really want to try to listen to you and share it as much as possible, even though it occasionally makes me frightened, as if my father were standing there saying, See, I told you these high school valedictorians aren't so great. It's really hard for me to say that because I'm terrified I'll make you feel insecure or that I think you're less than you want to be. But if I don't, you'll never know how it affects me. And I wish I could just squeeze into you the most important feeling that who you are, my Wes, is who I love, not what you do or how successful you are. I don't know if I'm saying it very well, but most of all, I love you, and I've learned to love you more than ever now. All my love, Vicki. Wes's letter was, Dearest Vicki, what I mostly felt when I read your encounter with self was comforting wanting to comfort you and hold you and tell you that none of the bad things you saw in yourself has any impact on my love for you. I also felt guilty that I am not able to convey to you my willingness and desire to truly listen to your feelings on those issues you felt you were too emotional about. Then, too, I feel kind of ashamed about some of your doubts and concerns about the attention you're giving the kids, since I've often accused you in my mind of not caring enough about them. Now I realize how much you really do care for our kids and that you are constantly trying to fight your desire to spend all your time in the garden. Too tired to write anymore. Love always, Wes. Wes and I shared quite a few difficult feelings in our love letters, and yet our willingness to listen to each other with our hearts and to try to understand each other better drew us closer even in the areas where in the past we had misunderstood or hurt each other. Being honest with each other softened our hearts even more and deepened our appreciation and love for the person we had promised to love all our lives. The final poem today expressed the joy we experienced when our new church was dedicated after the old one had tragically burned down two years before. Wes had been on the building committee, and I remember such a sense of awe 
when we walked into the new St. Michael's Church on Easter morning for the first time with our five daughters and our new baby boy. Poem for the dedication of our church rebuilt after the fire. Michael, your battle call sounds today in bells above the valleys of Gabriel, beyond the hills of Raphael, the tower rising after smoke, foundation, walls, stroke upon stroke, brick by brick, in line and arch, upon our Ararat, this ark, and over all, triumphant wings, the mighty voice that rings again, who is like God. Ash and flame cannot constrain him. We build renewed to praise his name in company with the rainbow throng kaleidoscoping in perfect song. That poem was published in the St. Michael Messenger in Christmas of 1994. May you have an uplifting week, your heart soaring to new heights.